after a long decade, finally, fans are getting what they want. The Winter Olympics will have NHL players once again. We'll talk about it next here on Locked On Sabres. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your best bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I've been waiting so long to do this show right here, right now. Really, since I began doing this show in October of 2019, I've wanted to come on here and talk about this exact topic. Finally, it has happened. As long as we've been waiting for a Sabre playoff game, we've been waiting almost as long for best-on-best international hockey at the Olympics. And finally, for the first time since 2014, the NHL is going back to the Olympics in both 2026 and 2030. I'm excited, and I'm especially excited, as you can tell if you're watching on YouTube. By the way, like and subscribe us there, and check us out if you are a normal listener and you want to watch the show. I got my USA Hockey hat on. I got my Ryan Miller Team USA jersey on. Fired up. Can't wait for 2026 because I truly do believe this is the first time, certainly in my lifetime, and probably ever, that the U.S. can put a lineup on the ice that talent-wise is on par with Canada, and I believe is better than Canada in terms of the balance. I'll explain. We'll go through that. Also want to go through which Sabres players are projected to make Olympic rosters. There's a bunch of them, not just for the U.S. uh, and Canada. Those ones actually might be more slim pickings. So a lot to get to on that front. Had the All-Star draft on Thursday night. Pretty uneventful. Rasmus Dahlin went in the fifth round. Hey, he wasn't the last pick. That's the best you could ask for. Fifth round out of like 10, Connor McDavid's team took him. Uh, I like the jerseys. So Dahlin gets picked there. He will not participate in the skills competition, which is a little weird, but I get it. They're trying to do more of a skills MVP. So there's only 8 to 12 skaters uh, that are going to be participating uh, in this thing. I think it's actually 8. So... A uh, very limited field. Dalene will not be one of the participants. Um, be sure to check us out on our text line. Go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on sabers. Today in the group chat, it's been a lot more about the Olympic announcement. And also, by the way, it's not just the NHL's going in 26 and 30. They're going to do a little bit of a preview for us, a four-team tournament next year that will replace the NHL All-Star game, which by the way. Should have been happening for years. No one likes the All-Star game. Nobody tries. Why not do a best-on-best international tournament every year instead of the All-Star game? I'll take what I can get right now. Four-team tournament between the U.S., Canada, Sweden, and Finland that will take place in mid-February of next year. In that tournament, seven games total, a little bit of a round-robin between the four, and it's going to be a 3-2-1 point system which is something that I've been advocating that the NHL go to 
instead of two points for a win, one point for overtime win, three points for a win, you get two points for making it through overtime, and then one point, or excuse me, not that's not true, three points for a win, two points for an overtime win, one point for an overtime loss. That's something I want the NHL to do. The fact that they're doing it at this 14 tournament makes me wonder if the owners are beginning to consider it and that this might be a little bit of a test run. So that's what I'm hopeful for. And you know, I'd love it if we could have got everybody, right? If you could have got Czechia involved in that tournament and Slovakia, Russia. I know there's a lot going on right now because of political reasons that they have not been involved in these tournaments. Um, Latvia, you know, you get a little bit further down the depth chart there in terms of the nations that can compete. I'm good with just the four because my priority is seeing the talent of the U.S. tested against Canada. So I'll take the 14 tournament next year. I'm much more excited for the Olympics that will be in Italy in 26. They also announced, by the way, that the Winter Olympics in 2030 are going to be in Nice, France. So you get two European nations, not quite hockey nations, but the time zone thing at least is good here. It's better than when it was in, would have been in South Korea, for instance. Um, so not the, it's not like it's in Canada. It's not like it's in Sweden, but you'll take it. France and Italy uh, for these two tournaments. The four-team tournament next year is going to be in Montreal and Boston. So very exciting. And when we look at um, what Sabre players might be headed to the Olympics, I've got my projected Team USA and my projected Team Canada, and then I'll compare the two in a little bit. And I do have one Sabre and maybe a second on the bubble that I think are going to be included in those two teams. But in terms of the rest of the field, who's going to go to the Olympics in 2026? Rasmus Dahlin, obviously, is going to be the best player for Team Sweden, or he'll at least be the number one defenseman, I should say. Hey, maybe on a pair with Eric Carlson. That'd be sweet to see. We have never got a look at it. Victor Olofsson, I've seen on some projected Swedish rosters, but with the year he's having, he's really taking himself out of consideration, I think, for that roster. He'd have to have a whale of a bounce-back year next season on a different team to be able to make that team. Finland is going to have Henry Yoki Haru on it. In fact, I've seen some roster projections where Yoki Haru is a top-paired defenseman. Finland, if you look at their roster for even two years from now, very, very, very thin on the blue line. They've got some good forwards led by Alex Barkoff, but the defense is going to be pretty weak. Yoki Haru is probably going to be a 25-minute-a-night defenseman when they show up uh, to play in the 26 Olympics. In fact, if you look at the right-shot defenseman, the only other NHLer that's got any prowess is Rasmus Ristolainen, and we all know what that can mean. Nobody wants that. So I think Yoki Haru is on that team for sure. And I think Uka Pekalukkanen is making a strong case with the year he's having to be in goal. He is, though, got to take a job away from either. He's not going to take it. UC Saros is going to be that team's number one goalie. Vili Huso, who's had a decent couple of years here in Detroit, I think is going to be on that team. I think that third spot, and maybe even the second spot, comes down to Jonas Corposalo, Antti Ranta, and Lukanen. And I think Lukanen is making a case that he would be the third goalie there, and that would be him versus Huso to be Saros' backup at the Olympics. Latvia, if they make the tournament, I don't know who how exactly that's going to work, who's going to get in the bottom of the field. But if Latvia makes it, of course, Zemgis Gergensen's a staple. Their best player um, would be on the team. 
more exciting. Germany, who has gotten better and better as this decade's gone on since the last time they were at the Olympics, has started to add more and more talent. Of course, Leon Dreisaitl is number one on that list. You've got uh, uh, Stutzla from uh, Ottawa, who's a very good player, high draft pick. And then you have Paterka. Like those three, it's going to be a very top-heavy German team with Dreisaitl, Stutzla, and Paterka. Um, the rest of it's going to be a lot of European players. Um, but Paterka is absolutely going to be on that team. And then one other guy that I think has a shot that is Yuri Kulik for Czechia. And that's because they're a thin roster as well. You know, they've got enough NHLers to fill a roster, but in two years' time, Yuri Kulik should be in the NHL and should be, I think, a decent player, a middle six winger, maybe scoring 20 goals. And if that's what he becomes within a two-year period, he's going to be on that team. And even if he's a little lower than that, I think he'll be on the bubble. So I think Kulik probably makes the Czechia team, but it's those are the are the locks for me. It's Dalin, Yoki Haru, Girgensons, Paterka, and I think I want to put UPL and Kulik in more of the more likely than not category to be in the Olympics in two years, four years from now, and uh, or in six years from now. I think a lot of those guys have uh, a similar chance. Okay, but what about the American team? and the Canadian team. I've got some sabers there, but more importantly, I'm going to make the case for why I truly believe that this American roster that they're going to put on the ice in two years can take down mighty Canada. That's coming up on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. They'll have Olympic hockey odds in no time. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, dips everywhere, placing some Super Bowl bats, pizza, wings. It's awesome. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or a couple of W's. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. And if you know me, I'm a golf fan. Earlier in the day, you got the waste management open. A lot of uh, opportunities there as well. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. Back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Check out Locked On Sports today. First ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Here for your 24-7, all the top stories in sports. A lot on the NBA MVP race with this new game minimum uh, that Joel Embiid might not reach at 65 games. They're talking about that and pl- plenty more on Lockdown Sports today. Check them out on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, let's get to my projected rosters for both the U.S. and Canada at the 2026 Winter Olympics, and I'll try to detail why I think this American team is better top to bottom for the first time ever than the Canadian team. Let's start it off with the first line through the fourth line at forward. I think what you're going to see is the U.S. team. It's about depth. And the reason they're closer to Canada than ever is the center position. The centermen, one through four, Austin Matthews, Jack Hughes, Jack Eichel and Dylan Larkin is who I believe will be the four centermen on that team. The U.S. 
has never had a center group that talented. Matthews, one of the four or five best players in the National Hockey League. Jack Hughes and Jack Eichel, elite number one centers. Maybe not quite in conversation to be the best player in the league like Matthews can be, but right below that on that second tier superstar list. Point per game plus players. Eichel has really, if you, you know, a lot of us have ignored him in Vegas. What he's done in Vegas is not only win the cup, but he's really turned into a, a superb two-way centerman. And I think he fits more for a third-line role with Jack Hughes on more of a scoring line. Um, but I think ice time-wise, they'd probably be similar. Either way, line mates for these centermen. I've got Austin Matthews with Matthew Kachuk and Jason Robertson. If you look around at all these Team USA projections, you're going to see a lot of Matthew Kachuk playing with Brady Kachuk. And I just don't think Brady Kachuk earns the ice time compared to other guys that I got to play with his brother just to play with his brother. He's on the same team as his brother. They can hang out in the locker room. I don't have them on the same line together. I got Matthews with Kachuk and Jason Robertson. Robertson has developed into an elite goal scorer in the NHL. I think him and Matthews on the same line, both great playmakers, but more so it's about the scoring for both. And you've got Kachuk there to kind of do the dirty work while also keeping up offensively. Robertson, by the way, 46 goals last season. Uh, Down a little bit this year, but better season than than, uh, Tage Thompson's having. And those two have uh, been compared by me over the years for kind of their rise in American hockey recently. I've got Kyle Connor and Clayton Keller with Jack Hughes. Connor's just been a consistent 30 to 40 goal scorer for his entire career. Keller has been more of a riser in the last 16 months. Last year, took a big rise. His career high in points before last year was 63 points. Last year, Clayton Keller, 37 goals, 86 points. And this year, he's right back on a point-per-game pace. In fact, he's even on a higher, actually right about the same, I should say, with uh, goals. Um, 20 goals at 48 games, definitely a second-liner. With Jack Eichel on line three, I'm going to, you know, might sound a little gross, little bit of a saber reunion. I'm going to put Tage Thompson on Eichel's wing and then put Brady Kachuk on the other wing. I've got Eichel and Kachuk that can really focus in on defensive work and playmate Eichel with the playmaking, Kachuk with the dirty work. This is how you get the most out of Tage Thompson to me if I'm Team USA. I will say, though, about Tage, he's got to have a good couple of years here or he won't make the U.S. roster. Last year would have been a sure thing. Last year, I would have made him the number two center behind Austin Matthews. Now, I think he's on a wing, and I think he's competing for one of those scoring spots. But I think with Eichel and Kachuk's ability to carry the puck more, to to run things that are the dirty stuff, Thompson could focus in on just being a goal scorer and a shooter on a line like that, and I think that combination would work. So I would put Thompson on the team if you were asking right now, but I think he's close at this point in time. Fourth line, you're looking for two-way players, but you still want your scorers because it's basically an all-star team. Dylan Larkin centering Jake Gensel of the Penguins and JT Miller of the Canucks. All these guys can do everything. I think they would mesh well together. I don't think Gensel is just a product of Sidney Crosby. I do think on his own, he's a very good hockey player. I got him on the fourth line. I'm leaving out some good players. Johnny Goudreau, maybe headlines, who I'm leaving out. But he's getting a little older. He's having a really down year in Columbus. So I think he might find his way off the team. 
I also have said this in the past, I but I still believe it. I wonder if Alex Tuck has an opportunity to earn a fourth line role on a U.S. hockey team because he's. So, I've called him the best four checker in the NHL before. He's at least one of them with the speed and the length that he has. And we know he could keep up scoring-wise. Even this year, he started to bounce back to closer to a 30-goal uh, pace. Um, he's got to have, same like Thompson, a good year and a half here, two years, to earn a spot on the team. I think Thompson's more likely. So right now, I would leave Tuck off my roster. Maybe he gets carried as an extra. Forward-wise, that's not bad. It's pretty good. The defense and the goaltending is where I really think the U.S. has a better team than Canada. Let me start on the blue line. Quinn Hughes and, Austin, and Adam Fox are my top pair. I'm going all-out offense with those two. Quinn Hughes moving up and down the ice. Fox is a Norris winner. I mean, Fox is just an elite, elite defenseman, one of the best in the world. Um, but both can put up tons of points. Not big, but I'm okay with that because I know Canada's going to throw speed after speed after me. So I think Hughes and Fox are a good combo. The second pair, a little bit bigger, maybe more of a shutdown pairing, if you will. Charlie McAvoy and Zach Wierenski. And kind of the same thing on the third pair. Size, good passing ability. And you've got Jacob Truba, who's a monster hitter, on the third pair with Jacob Slavin, a very good puck mover. That's my six defensemen. Quinn Hughes, Adam Fox, Zach Wierenski, Charlie McAvoy, and Jacob Truba. I'm leaving some good players off. I think that uh, Luke Hughes is one young player that has an opportunity to earn a role on this team. I think Brock Faber, a young player in Minnesota, is another guy that has a chance to get up there. Um, and there are others. Keandre Miller with the Rangers and, and whatnot. And then the biggest advantage the U.S. has over Canada, goaltender, Connor Hellebuck. Best goalie in the world. Vesna favorite. Highest goal save I've expected this year. Save percentage. He's elite. He's a number one goalie. He has been. You And he's reliable. You know he's still going to be elite goaltender in two years. The number two goalie, too. Like, the U.S. has five goalies, maybe, better than Canada's best goalie. Jake Ottinger is who I put in there as the number two goaltender from Dallas. Um, who's been very solid. I, I debated between him and Thatcher Demko, who I'm a big, I'm a big Thatcher Demko guy. He'd be on my team as the number three guy. Um, but I don't know how much it matters anyway, because Hellebuck's probably going to be the starting goalie. But the U.S. is deep when it comes to defensemen, even more so in goal. That's my Team USA. The best Team USA, I think, that they've ever put on the ice. We don't need to compare to the 80 team. That was a different situation. When we come back, We'll go through my projected Canadian roster. I didn't make a bad one. I did the best I could to make them as good as possible. I didn't want to cheat here, but I'll go through it, and then I'll tell you why I think the U.S. is better than Canada. Coming back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for us your first listen every day. It's an Olympic-themed, a special Olympic-themed version of the Locked on Sabres podcast. Can't wait. By the way, some other details about the Olympics. The IIHF, the NHL got them to do it. Paying for travel, insurance costs, um, housing stuff. The IIHF is going to pay for a lot of the legwork to get the NHL players over to Europe for Italy and France uh, at the next two Winter Olympics. I went through my projected Team USA. How about my projected Team Canada for the 2026 Olympics? A couple of former Sabres on there, but I don't have any current Buffalo Sabres on the list. I think the closest that a Sabre could get would be Dylan Cousins or Owen Power. Power is the one I think that's got a real shot because of 
his high upside being a number one overall pick. I think the Victor Hedman level of play that we're waiting to see has not happened yet, though. And for that, I don't have him on my projected roster because he hasn't shown that he's two years away from being a Victor Hedman guy. Um, also, Devin Levi has an I'd look, I think. I mean, he's got to have some big growth in the next two years. But the reason he's even in it is there are no goaltenders. No good goaltenders for Canada. No great ones, at the very least. I'll get to that in a little bit. Let's start with the forwards for my projected Team Canada. This is where they're still, you know, a force. They have... I think the U.S. is deeper and more balanced. What Canada has that makes it really close is they probably got four of the best five players in the world, at least three of the best four players in the world, all on this team. And it's most of it's down the middle. Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, Sidney Crosby, and Connor Bedard is my four, one through four center group for the Canadians. I've got some centers at the wing. They could be even deeper um, for sure. But what do you, you've got everything there. McDavid and McKinnon, the best two hockey players in the world, one, two at center. Sidney Crosby, who's having another elite season this year. I put him third line center. Because I'm predicting he'll have at least a little bit of a downgrade between now and then. He'll be 38 years old at the next Winter Olympics. So um, we'll see what level he's playing at by then. And then Bedard. Bedard might rise over Crosby because he's only 18. He'll only be 20 then. But we know the elite potential that Bedard has. And we've already seen it. So center group. Listen, as good as the U.S. is now with Matthews, Hughes, Eichel, and Larkin, Canada still beats them and probably beats them easily. But it's closer than it's ever been. And I think the other positions is where the U.S. makes up for it. Let's look at the Canadian wingers. With McDavid, I've got Braden Point and Steven Stamkos. Point, another one of those top five players in the world, guys, for me. He's elite. He'd play center on most teams. But on this Canadian team, I've got him on the wing so that he could be on the first line with Connor McDavid. The two fastest players in the sport playing together. Those are the two fastest players in the sport. And I put Stamkos on their wing because of his ability as a shooter and his chemistry with Braden Point. And also because the Canadians down the left wing are a little bit old and don't have the superstar potential, I think, in the next two years. The second line with McKinnon, I've got Mitch Marner and Mark Stone. Two great players. Just no ifs, ands, buts about it. Stone, an elite two-way player. Marner, just a super dynamic offensive threat. The third line, more of a all-around just possession line, a defensive shutdown line, just a little bit of everything really good. Crosby centering Brad Marchand. Those two played together at the World Cup of Hockey in 2016, and it worked really well. I got them back together. And I got Sam Reinhart. On the right wing. Listen, until Sam Reinhart proves that he's not one of the 12 best Canadian forwards in the world, I'll take him off then. And I might think there's a chance that by 2026, he has cooled off. But for now, the guy's at a pace for 60 goals, and he's such a smart IQ player. We've known this since he was 18 years old. That's why I like him with Crosby and Marshawn, because I think he fits kind of the DNA of a Crosby winger. So... Because of his fit with a Crosby and the season he's having, I think Reinhardt is in uh, my Canadian lineup. And then line four, again, all these can be well-balanced ice time-wise. doesn't have to be a real fourth line. I've got Bedard centering Mark Scheifele, who's a natural center, but I think one of the 12 best forwards. I'm putting him on the wing. And then Matthew Barzell, who's a super dynamic player as well to pair with uh, Bedard. So those are my forwards for the Canadians. 
here's where it gets a little bit weak. The blue line and in goal. This is where I think the U.S. has the advantage. Let's look at the Canadian defense. They've got the best defenseman in the world. They've got that going for them. And Kale McCarr. Best defenseman in the world. Most exciting defenseman to watch in the world. Him playing with McDavid and Point would be the fastest group of players that you've ever seen in your life. I've got him with Morgan Riley. Already. Hmm, Morgan Riley? I mean, Morgan Riley's good. He's he's a really good player, but he's one of the two best defensemen for Canada. That's where I'm at. And that, you could be better. I think Quinn Hughes is better, for instance, than Morgan Riley. The second pair for Canada. Josh Morrissey of the Winnipeg Jets and Dougie Hamilton of the New Jersey Devils. Again, these are pretty good players. These are really good players. But we're not talking Norris guys. We're not talking elite defensemen. McAvoy and Wierenski for the U.S., a much better second pair, if you ask me, than this second pair. And then the third pair, I've got Shea Theodore and Noah Dobson. Good. Young. Dobson having a breakout season this year offensively. But... You'd think in the past Canada would have a better one through six on the blue line. Some defensemen that I left off of Canada that are worth mentioning here so that you know I didn't cheat. Uh, Brandon Montour is one. Um, Devin Taze from Colorado you could put on this list. Um, Jacob Chikrin, Alex Petrangelo are also options here. But again, kind of all in that same territory to me between those guys, Dobson, Hamilton, Theodore. And then in goal, this is where they're at their weakest. Absolutely. Right now, I think it's Tristan Jari is the starting Canadian goaltender. And what is that? I mean, he's having a decent year in Pittsburgh, but come on, man. Logan Thompson is my other goaltender for Team Canada. Jari and Thompson. Listen, they're good goalies on good teams. No idea what they're going to be in two years. No idea. They're very up and down. Jari especially. Jari is a guy that... I mean, he could be a backup. He could be Matt Murray in two years, for all we know. Not to just compare him to former Penguins goaltenders. Um, Other goalies I left off the list. I mean, I left Marc-Andre Fleury off the list, but he's going to be 40. Darcy Kemper. I mean, Stuart Skinner. Jordan Bennington. Mr. Hothead. Like, who am I leaving off here? I'm leaving Carter Hart off here, but I think for good reason, because that man has just been arrested for sexual assault in London, Ontario, and he has no right to be on any projected roster for the time being, um, and probably through the next two years. So, rule him out. The Canadians don't have a great goaltender. Not one. Maybe Devin Levi. Maybe, right? Maybe Dustin Wolf. Maybe one of these kids rockets up in the next two years and becomes the guy to take over. Otherwise, they could be in big trouble. Because the difference between Connor Hellebuck and Tristan Jari, to me, cannot be overstated. I think the U.S., top to bottom, and I do think goalie is a big reason, is a big plus here. I think the U.S. is a better team overall. I think they make up for what they lack at center in terms of the superstar skill compared to Canada. They make up for it on the wings, and they make up for it more so on the blue line and in goal. So those are my projected rosters for the U.S. and Canada. We'll get to see them on the ice next year in Boston and in Montreal for the four-nation face-off, as they're calling it, between Finland, Sweden, U.S., and Canada. We'll get to see it in the Olympics in 2026. We might get to see a World Cup of Hockey in 2028, by the way. That is still being negotiated, not official yet, and then Olympics in 2030. How about it? We finally made it. 
from 2014 to 2024. This is a 10-year period that we're living in where Connor McDavid, the best player I've ever seen in my life, the best player in the world for the last half a decade, has never put on a Canadian uniform as a pro. It's never happened. And he's almost 30. He'll be 30 by the time he gets to do it for the first time. Worth mentioning here at the end that while they finally did it, they finally got it right. And they went from the last 10 years having one best on best international tournament, the World Cup of Hockey in 2016, one tournament in a 10 year period versus 25 through 30, they will have a four nation face off, maybe a World Cup, and two Olympics. Four tournaments in five years compared to one in the last 10. Despite the fact they're finally doing the right thing that the thing fans have been clamoring for forever, it is a blight on Gary Bettman's legacy as NHL commissioner that he's let this happen. He has said for his entire tenure as NHL commissioner, going back to the early 90s, that his number one goal, not just for the sport, but for the business model of the NHL, is to grow the game. And there's there, it's, there are numbers behind this. There is science behind this from the last time the Olympics happened, both in 14 and in 10, that interest in the sport. By the way, soccer has this every year too. Every time there's a FIFA World Cup, interest in soccer goes way up for the next year after that. And then it tapers off a little bit, but where it stabilizes usually is higher than where it was before the World Cup. That's in soccer. The NHL has a similar experience with those two Olympics 10 years ago and 14 years ago. Batman going this long without international hockey best on best. It's the, it's one of the worst things he's ever done as commissioner. And to me, it's my, it's my, I think in my opinion, the worst thing he's ever done as commissioner. He has foregone opportunities to grow the sport. He has foregone opportunities to give fans the, the best on best patriotism hockey that they always fall in love with but the money the commerce that's involved in it money being passed on this usa jersey i'm wearing right now 10 years ago was like probably almost 200 bucks and how many people bought a jersey like this 200 bucks times whatever all of that money going in the nhl's pockets a lot of that money going in the nhl pockets i know they have deals with the double ihf so they don't get all of it but that is money that they have just been passing on for 10 years because of stupid haggling because Batman with his stupid labor negotiations has to make everything a bargaining chip. Remember that the guy is fake. Every time he tells you his number one priority as commissioner is to grow the game. Gary Batman's number one priority as commissioner is to get as much leverage as he can over the NHL players association for labor negotiations. That's what he cares about the most. He's a lawyer. He has a lawyer background. That is what Gary Bettman is. And it's why in the last two NHL to NHLPA labor negotiations, he's used it as a bargaining chip. And the U.S. or the both the U.S. and Canadian players haven't folded on it. Because what do you mean you're holding that against us? You, you think we're going to give you a higher percentage because you're going to tell us we can't go to the Olympics? Remember, Ovechkin threatened to go anyway. It's... He's not real. He's not real and genuine when he tells you that he want that he wants to do it to grow the game. He's only doing it now 
because he's going to get something for this in next labor negotiations. Remember that. He's not doing it for you. Gary Bettman is not restarting these tournaments for you. He's doing it so that he can get the that so that he has a little bit extra. That extra 2% on whatever billions of dollars they're going to sell in revenue. That extra 2% that the owners and he are going to get for allowing the players to play international hockey. That's what he cares about the most. Don't give Gary Bettman any credit for finally doing the right thing, something that he should have been doing all along. And there's my rant. There you go. Ten years in the making. It really should have been more fiery, shouldn't it? But one more memory. I I, I love talking about this stuff. One more memory that I, this is why I'm so excited for USA Hockey to return against Canada like this. All of my all-time moments watching hockey as a kid, I mean – the Drury Game 5 winner in 07, or tying, or and then a Finnegan off winning in overtime. That That's one where, like, you're running around your house going crazy. You know, the, how many moments for the 05-06 Sabres when Campbell put R.J. Umberger in the ground? You know, everybody jumping up and down like they just won the cup. Those moments in hockey are what you live for. And we haven't got it from the Sabres in the last 13 years. The 2010 Olympics, how many were like me? I mean, I was 15 years old, so I'm still in my pro- my glory as like a kid watching hockey. And there's the U.S. playing Canada in the gold medal game in Vancouver. And Zach, when Zach Parise tied that game with 30 seconds to go, I mean, me, my dad, my brothers, and buddies that I was watching the game with were jumping up and down like the Sabres just won a playoff game. That's how into it we were. And that magic... Again, that, that Bettman has refused to allow us to have in the last 10 years is going to return in 2026. The TJ Oshie, you know, watch parties that everybody had for Sochi in 2014. Man, I can't believe it took this long. So happy it's back. Can't wait to the four-team tournament next year. Let me know what you think about my opinion of the U.S. being better than Canada. Am I going too far? Let me know if you think I'm wrong. Tell me where you think I'm wrong in terms of comparing these two teams, who are definitely the top two teams, and we'll see if Russia gets included as well. I'm guessing they will, but you know, there's political reasons why they might not. Thanks for listening here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast and making us your first listen every day. Sabres Next in Action Tuesday against the Dallas Stars on Monday. We'll preview more of that game, and we'll see if we get any uh, anything interesting to happen in this All-Star game. Thanks for listening here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.